Don't mess up your gear by taping down knobs or marking your settings. With Lock Knob, you can lock down your settings and protect them from unwanted movement. You'll never lose your signature sound. Some big tones from big businesses, Jared. How are you doing, Jared? All right, man. Not so bad. Good, man. I'm glad you could join us. It took a pandemic to happen <laughs> for us to do this rig rundown, but uh, I'm glad that we have you today. I'm in Nashville. You're in Los Angeles. So let's get to it, man. People probably obviously know you from big business when you guys morphed into the Melvins as well. And if you're a super fan, you know him from Carp back in the 90s. But let's dig into what your big business setup has evolved into because I think when it started, it wasn't as quite as massive. No, it, it wasn't maybe quite as massive. It's gotten a little more complicated for sure. Um, <laughs> I, uh, Should we start with the bass, kind of go from there? Because I know you, you played jazz basses most of your I career, right? Did, well, I played Squires for, for most of my career. But when I joined the Melvins, I felt compelled to uh, have, a, have pro gear as well as a pro attitude. So I, I, bought, a, I bought two <laughs> proper... Uh, jazz basses. Um, they were identical. They're the same. Um, this one is all stock. I didn't do anything to it at all. Um, okay. Same everything. Nothing, nothing fancy. And why the jazz over the precision? You know, those are the two basses people, you know, in the Fender world that really gravitate towards. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't get hip to a P bass. I, I didn't, um, I come from, uh, uh, punk rock and uh the punk rock bands that i saw when i was growing up in particular there was a band unwound who were uh, a couple years older than myself and um they were kind of our big brother band uh, uh big brother big sister band big sibling band um and uh Vern, the bass player <clears throat> he played a jazz bass and it was just i don't know he played one so i guess i thought that <laughs> i it seemed like uh, I should play one too, I guess. So I, it was just a matter of circumstance, really. Um, at the time, I didn't have I didn't have the money for a real jazz bass, and so I just bought a Squire because um, what I could afford, and it served me well. I, I like I appreciate uh, a Squire's roughness around the edges. I think it particularly mm -hmm. lends itself well to uh, distortion or effects because um, it has a little bit more of like. Uh, it's a a clean palette, I guess, more so than a, than a P bass. Gotcha. Um, I think if we had a guitar player, 
um, I own a P bass now that I play, you know, for my own enjoyment um, and mm -hmm. in, you know, various projects or whatever. But um, uh, I think P basses are great. I love the way they sound. I like them when other people play them, especially um, myself. I just, <laughs> I, with effects and stuff, I, I think a P bass is hard to, a P bass wants to be a P bass no matter what. And it will, it will always sound mm -hmm. like one, no matter kind of how much stuff you put on it has been my experience anyway, um, that it's hard to make it not sound like a P bass is super difficult. And with a jazz bass, um, it's just, it's easier. It's, it's, uh, more flexible and I feel like I can kind of just put anything on it and it'll sound like what I want it to sound like. Um, I, that said, I think if, if we were playing with a guitar player, like if we ever played with a guitar player again, I might use a P bass um, for some of that um, because I, I think P basses are great when, you know, with a guitar. Um, um, but as we're trying to kind of make up a lot of tone, um, just being a two piece, um, I kind of yeah. need, I need that flexibility. I need the, the ability to kind of layer stuff. Now, you know, your time, you've mentioned it already with Toshi and Scott being guitar players in the band. Have any of your gear choices been uh, like predicated on that, having a guitar player in the band and now again, not having the guitar player in the band, like knowing you had less sonic space and now you have more sonic space again to fill up. So like any gear uh, acquisitions that you have specifically with that in set or in mind? Yeah, I, I mean, when we started, we were just a two-piece, so I was, you know, trying to compensate from the get-go. And then when we when we had mm -hmm. Toshi at first, um, I didn't really scale back so much. Toshi had a very, uh, like, a lead guitarist's tone, I guess. It was uh, often pretty clean, and he was playing pretty clean parts. So I didn't really have to mm -hmm. do much in the way of making room for him. Um, when Scott started playing guitar, I had to make a little more room tonally because he had a more like metal guitar sound, I guess, for lack of a better yeah. descriptor. Um, and so it pretty much stayed the same. And then once we were a two piece again is I've kind of added several things since then to kind of up the game a bit. Um, I started playing with a sampler and so we run some samples during some songs um, and that's connected to a volume pedal so I can kind of rock the the sample in and out as need be. Um, and then I've added a bunch of stuff. I got, you know, a, um, a Mel 9 pedal um, based on the, the oh, Mellotron. Right. I got one of those when it came out and I, I was really excited about it when it came out and I got it and I played it and I was like, oh, this doesn't do what I want it to do or it just wasn't as, I mean, it's, it's for guitar. I, you know, I don't think it's designed for bass so much either, which is just kind of my cross to bear as a bass player, I guess. But, um, but then I kind of got into it and I really liked it a lot. And we ended up using it on a, a couple songs on the last record. Um, and, and now I've, I use it almost all the time, right? I have been in writing the new, the new record anyway. Do you have a favorite setting or like a, cause that knob, I, I know that Mel 9 fairly decent that I know that there's a lot of options on it. Uh, for the sounds you can get out of it. Is there like a favorite setting you go for? The, uh, the strings setting, I guess, or the orchestra, rather, I'm sorry, it's the orchestra setting where it's the number one, it's the all everything or whatever. Gotcha. Um, and it's cool because it does exactly what I 
want it to do. Once I learned how to use it, um, it does, it fills the space and gives a grandeur to otherwise, um, you know, not so stunning riffs, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I like. <laughs> Can we hear some of that? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's, I was playing at the beginning, <laughs> but it's just, it lends, it's, it sounds great because uh, in combination, I run a, uh, a pog um, through a high channel, and that takes care of, um, uh, it, it goes into the Mel 9. So it already has kind of an organy feel when, it, when, it, when it's going in, and then it just processes it a little, a little more. But. <laughs> I like that too a lot because you can really, um, you know, you can alter the attack and how long it hangs and everything, and you can really like let it sustain and be its kind of its own thing. Um, I think it also adds, you know, it adds some nice harmonics to what's going on, and and uh, you know, gives a a more is more um, feel. <laughs> <laughs> What, uh, to kind of circle back and finish up the bass talk, uh, what did you do to the other jazz bass that you have? Because you mentioned that one is all stock, and I, I'm assuming that the other one is not. Uh, it's not. It, uh, it, it had, I put a, a badass uh, bridge on it, and I, uh, it has some lace pickups in it. I don't remember what, okay. which exact lace pickups they are off the top of my head, but, uh, but um, yeah. And I, but, with the amount of effects and stuff that I'm using these days, I, it's um, subtleties like pickups and, or, or things that, that uh, I, I'm, I'm less focused on, on things like that, less focused on pickups and, gotcha. and, and, and whatnot, and more focused on just adding more stuff, I guess, apparently. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you use for strings? I use Dunlops. I use the extra heavy drop set which is uh, okay. like, what is it, 120, 100, 85, 65, something like that, I think. And what, what do you guys typically tune to, or what do you tune to? Generally, I tune to uh, B, uh, F sharp, B, E is what I, what I play generally. And then to kind of follow up on the, the more is more comment you put is, why not ever, have you ever dabbled with a five or six string bass? Or are you kind of just like four is enough for you? Four seems like plenty for me. I mean, it, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I don't feel like I'm ever missing a string when I'm playing or I feel like the highs can get plenty high and the lows are plenty low. So especially like how I tune and, you know, I've got some octave stuff going on. Um, you know, it's just more strings, more problems. <laughs> Well, speaking of more again, uh, you got a little bit of a mountain behind you, so you want to walk us through kind of what's going on there, because you you got a lot of suns. There are some suns, indeed. Um, yeah. Okay. So this guy, uh, it's my newest my newest buddy. This is my my uh, my Hilbish preamp, built by Hilbish Design by Nathan Hilbish. Um, he gave me a sweet deal on it, and I really appreciate it. Um, it's the preamp version of this, basically, um, okay. uh, the Sun Beta Bass, and uh, I had always used, o have always used Sun Beta Basses. Um, I picked one up at a, you know, 
uh, often add in the paper back in the day when I was 18 or something. Um, and I loved it because it had built-in distortion, uh, which is not common for a bass amp, obviously. Um, and then mm -hmm. they make the beta lead, which is identical for a guitar. Um, I've, I've heard different uh, different views on, on how they're different or, or some, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how exactly they are different, the bass versus the lead. Um, but I have all the high signal, including the, the Mel 9, the Pog, um, a super overdrive to give it some extra grit, goes into this guy and is powered by this guy. And then I push um, each channel gets, goes through one of these uh, down here. Um, so there's a, a, a no-name 212 over here that I run through, and then a, a Mitchell 212 over there. Um, and they both have pretty distinct sounds, even though I'm pretty sure they have the same speakers in them. I think they're just some huh. like stock uh, Marshall straight cab speakers. Um, but the Mitchell is real heavy duty. It's much heavier. It's actually filled with sand. I don't know if you've ever played one of uh, a Mitchell, but... Um, a friend of mine, I, I, I was carrying it around and, and you know, com bemoaning that it was so heavy. And they're like, oh, well, you know, they're filled with sand. Ha, ha, ha. And I just thought it was a joke. <laughs> and then I went to, I had to re-drill uh, some holes for some new casters at some point. And um, I realized as we were loading out of clubs, there would be a trail of sand on the way out. <laughs> and so it's true. They really are filled with sand. I don't know. I think they were designed for jazz, I don't know, jazz players maybe. So just to have a super tight, clean tone, but it, it, uh, it really holds its own. I've had it for years and I really like it. Um, I think if I had to just, you know, play one cabinet, somebody forced me to play one, that would be the one because I feel like it gets everything done. Uh, but the two of them together mm -hmm. make a, um, a real nice sound, I think. Um, so that's this guy. And then, um, I, I go through a, um, uh, Maleko, Heavy Industry, Bass Master, which is a clone of the Brass Master pedal, and it does pretty much the same thing. Um, uh, it's a fuzz with a bunch of cool, uh, has some sweet frequencies on it. Well, I was going to ask how you use that different than the Pog. I know that the, the circuitry in the Maleko has like the fuzz in there, but they're both, it's still an octave pedal. So are you using that for like the lower octave and the, the Pog is more higher stuff? The Pog and the, the Mel 9 going into this is all like kind of the high frequency. And then I have like a mid frequency okay. and then this takes care of the low stuff basically. So I kind of think of this gotcha. tonally. And when I'm talking to, you know, when I'm, um, working with sound folks that are unfamiliar with our sound. Um, you know, I, I describe this as like the lead guitar, rhythm guitar, and then the bass, like in terms of mixing <laughs> it and, and miking it. Um, and that seems to work out okay. Um, so yeah, the, the, I run uh, an MXR modified overdrive um, into uh, the bass master, bass master. Um, and then that goes into this Sun Beta which powers a, uh, it's a 115 cabinet, like a, what do you call it? Folded cabinet. Um, okay. It's made by, uh, well, was made by Monolith, a now defunct company out of uh, Portland. But, um, but yeah, they were custom made. They're supposed to be based on uh, some sun base bins, old sun base bins. Um, 
and the idea was to make them smaller and more compact, but they ended up just being bigger than the original ones I had. So, um, but they sound great. And so one goes through, signal goes through the beta into one of them, and then the other signal goes through this Coliseum 300, um, which is pretty minimal effects-wise. The only thing I run it through is a micro-pog for a sub-octave on like a couple songs. Um, but other okay. than that, that's the only uh, effect on that channel. And that goes through another uh, monolith 115. Do you have two questions. Do you have like a, a diagram? Like you, you figured this out to map all this? And then second, how much trial and error to get, because you have so, you know, effects running through each amp that has like kind of a different signal flow. So how much did that take for you to get where you're at today? Uh, it took this long, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so you're constantly always evolving, changing. Yeah, it changes a lot. I mean, I just picked up a, a, a bass whammy the other day. Um, it's the first pedal I've bought myself in quite some time. And uh, I've been goofing around with that a lot. I've been using that with like the sample and stuff in order to change the key of the sample, give it, uh, give us mm -hmm. a little more flexibility um, with, you know, any any sample we have. So it's not just one drone the whole time. I can actually change the notes of it, um, which will be nice. Um, but yeah, I don't, um, I was actually dreading having to take a picture of this pedal board because it's just a mess. Um, and maybe, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's, maybe, maybe people need to know that, uh, Sometimes things get real dirty. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, sometimes, you know, it's real life. It's not the internet. This is real life. Yeah, so, but generally it does change a lot. I mean, kind of the constants are the pog through the high channel just to create a much higher, uh, you know, lead guitar frequency. And then, um, you know, just some overdrive through this guy, and then this guy stays pretty clean. Um, so it's very much like just trying to create um, the tones that you would for an entire band. So with that in mind, it's not, it, it didn't, you know, it's always a work in progress, but um, there are some constants, I guess, that tonally that, that I keep going for the most part. And the Hillbish, did that uh, kind of sub in for the Galen Kruger? Because last time I saw you with uh, Sleep in 2019, uh, you, I believe you had the Galen Kruger then. Is that kind of where the swap I did, happened? No, I was, I was, I was, um, this guy, the, the Coliseum 300, I used to play a long time ago and I, I just swapped it out recently for the, for the GK actually. Um, okay. Uh, I like the GK just fine, but I also like this guy and, um, I don't know, just cause I've been screwing around by myself. It's just been a lot of fun to revisit it as an amp. Um, uh, the, the Hillbase replaced just another Sun Beta that I had that was doing the same job. Um, but the, this guy, it, it does sound different. Um, it, you know, it's modeled after this, and it sounds much uh, cleaner overall. And it, it sounds like a Beta, uh, but, but different, but in a good way. I've I, I found that this thing is great with effects, like it handles effects much better than this guy does. I don't know how much experience you have mm. with the betas, but they're noisy as hell. Like they're just, I don't know how much this is even going to pick up just sitting here, like how much hum it just, with nothing on, it just makes a lot of noise. Um, um, so, uh, uh, but I was, I was asking Nathan about that. I was like, well, why is it, why is it that, uh, you know, why would it sound different if you're using these? He's like, well, <laughs> the, uh, 
the betas are just old. Like all the components are old. It's the sound of old is mm -hmm. what you're listening to when you hear like, <laughs> and I, that never occurred to me, like just with vintage amps and people like, oh, I really like the vintage sound and it's not the same. I was like, well, of course it's not the same. It can never be the same because it's not 60 years old or it's not, you know. Yeah. Um, and so there's something to be said for um, the tiredness of components um, and just the character that 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 brings so with that all that said that's why i really like having i like having the hillbish and i like having the, the old sun as well to kind of mesh those uh sounds it's current between the new and the right. old full circle man i i feel like uh with that intro you provided and anyone that's a fan of you knows that a lot of your sound happens at your feet so i'd love to just dive in and you kind of just show us some go-to or core sounds uh, that you use with their pedals. Sure, yeah, um, I'll kind of, I'll take it, uh, I guess, low, medium, high. Um, I'll have to turn off my amp. Okay. I don't, I don't uh, have a selector switch for any of these. They're all kind of going at the same time, so I have to look like a total lame-o and uh, uh, turn my amps off and turn them back on one by one. But anyway, this is the low guy and uh, And that's with the that's uh, through this guy through 115 and just the micro pog with just the sub octave, um, and okay. that's I use that for a couple songs um, where the rest pops in, um, and then other, you know otherwise it's just a clean you know bass sound. So um, nothing super fancy. In the past I've used I put some distortion on the low frequency too. Um, but there's plenty going on, and so it's nice to have just something that's clean. In addition to like a DI, you know, that you get some some nice clean tones. Mm -hmm. um, and then this is the mids, which is the um, it's an MXR uh, modified overdrive. Um, and I also swap out a, a MXR 78 distortion pedal sometimes. Um, okay. <clears throat> particularly, I like to have it with me when we're, well, when we're touring in general, just in case another pedal takes a crap or something. Um, but I always take it with me to Europe for sure. Um, just because I'm never sure what I'm going to be using. And it's nice to have lots of different, um, things to work with in case things don't mm -hmm. sound like you want them to sound. Um, <laughs> so, and that happens, you know, a lot of the time. Um, so this is the, and then, so this is the, the, the MXR into the, the bass master. And this one, this pedal's great because it has like a, a, a harmonic switch on it that can really change you can kind of hear um and that since uh, the sensitivity knob on that thing is really crazy like you can get some really blown out uh, you know, crazy stuff happening. Um, it's a, I highly recommend that pedal for anybody who, uh, 
particularly a bass player who who it's great for guitar too um but for anybody who kind of wants like an intro into a like a good distortion pedal or or a fuzz or something like that for bass i think that's a it's it's a it's a good a good start um good training wheels yeah well i mean it's it, it's a but it's also for advanced players as well but um yeah but in terms of kind of getting like doing lots of different things and doing it well and just kind of being able to be satisfied very quickly without a lot of without a lot of knob turning is is nice um so that's that guy and then uh the hillbish hillbishan family um this one also runs through the mxr uh, overdrive and it splits after the 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 overdrive um and then that goes into a boss super overdrive um which is was the very first pedal i i ever owned was a was the super overdrive pedal and uh, i use that almost exclusively as my own my only distortion or effect until i joined the melvins and when i joined the melvins i, I started getting a couple more things um here mm -hmm. and there and then since then it's been off to the races but um but i still i will always stand by the super overdrive um I feel like maybe I should take back what I just said about it. it's your first starter pedal. <laughs> so if you're going to get your, your very first two pedals, should be. Um, but yeah, the Super Overdrive has a, a special place. I think it's, it's, it, it's cool for bass. It does, you, you lose, you know, it scoops out a lot of bass tone, but it does add like a really cool grizzle to bass in the mid-range that's, that's really cool and um, I've always really appreciated. Um, so yeah, that goes, uh, so MXR overdrive into the super overdrive. I don't always play the, I don't always have the overdrive on, uh, into the pog, into the Mel 9. And that sounds like everything else. So that's that. And then without the Mel 9, it sounds similar. Um, yeah, so that's it for all the, all the- Man, the Mel 9, the Mel 9 makes it sound like a dark orchestra, yeah. which is very said, appropriate given that we're only a few days away from Halloween. It sounds haunting. Yes. Yes, and days away from other possibly horrible things too. Who knows? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I really like it a lot. I've, it's 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 a uh, it's a lot. Like it's a very. I just kind of gave into it and let let it do its thing. And like, it's you'll you hear a lot of it on the new record for sure. <laughs> um, well. And can we hear it again all together? And then uh, is like everything when you got it all up and running, is there pretty much all everything on? Are you running everything like on, like the rest of your pedals are always on? Everything's kind of always on. There's, like I said, there's, there's just one song, I think, where I have uh, two tuners running, like one tuner going into another tuner to split as my like AB pedal, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. Just because I had two tuners laying around, I didn't want to spend money on another 
splitter pedal, um, AB pedal. But um, so yeah, the only, it, other than one song, everything's on all the time. I don't always have all the overdrives or all the you know all the other pedal the effects on necessarily, but um, mm-hmm. all three are generally always going. How about like, uh, I know that's, I've seen on your board before like a delay pedal, uh, sometimes it's a carbon copy. I've seen like the DD series. Uh, how do you use the delay with your setup? The, uh, the carbon copy comes at the very end of the chain on this guy. Um, it's real subtle. Sometimes I have it on more. Um, right now it's not on. I haven't been using it that much lately. Um, mm-hmm. But I will use it for, you know, if there's a part in a song or whatever, you know, the, a lead part or whatever. Um, but that's about it in terms of delay. I do have like an Echo, um, a, a Maleko Echo pedal that I run the samples through um, to give the, the samples some some delay or whatever. But uh, And then the only other thing I have is a, I have a Ditto pedal for the vocals. Um, which I can't demonstrate because I'm using all my mic cables to, <laughs> for this. <laughs> but um, it is a uh, looper pedal for your, specifically for vocals. They make one for guitar too. Um, but uh, it works great. And you just you know click it, make your sample, click it off, and it'll just keep running. And I've used it a lot in the last couple of years for both live and recording um, to be able to like you know create harmonies that kind of stay for the duration of a chorus or something like that. Um, it's cool. I've been having a lot of fun with that too. And then it's also really handy for songwriting or um, if you're trying to come up with vocals or lyrics for a song to have um, looping capability is super, I, I find super handy. So, yeah. And how are you using the loopers on the board? Are you, you're not, are you building like soundscapes that you kind of go on or i know that you sometimes have two loopers on the board yeah the loop um the the uh, i use a 720 electroharmonic 720 um looper for the samples and none of them i used to build them live um before i had that pedal i had a line six that i would just you know i would make a quick sample at the beginning of the song and that would just run um and then that just got became difficult in a live setting or just kind of you know having to stop and like make a sample before you start the song is kind of silly. So um, that thing will store, I have several, I don't know, 10 samples, I think. And so I've just pre-recorded a bunch of samples and then, you know, I just pick which sample I want before the song, the corresponding song and do it that way. What else are you working with? Is there anything else you want to show us on the pedal board or you think you kind of covered it all? Well, let's see. Um, or like sounds, people people die to hear some different sounds. I know that I, you have a lot of nuances and like dynamics within your songs. I do. And a lot of times it's volume and stuff, but you, you there's a lot of colors you paint with. Yeah, I mean, I I pretty much I pretty much did it. <laughs> it's not. I mean, really, it's just it, it's uh, it doesn't really vary that much from that, you know. Other than obviously the Mel Nine brings out a, a very a big color to it but the rest of it is pretty straightforward it's just you know some distortion and some overdrive and and you know um i i turn up i use the uh the bridge pickup i turn up my bridge pickup all the way and i turn my tone down all the way okay that also helps kind of uh rein in the effects like kind of give it more of a i don't know if it's a compressed sound but it's more of a um 
I don't know. I, I find that when the, with with treble up, uh, particularly on bass with effects, it can get real clanky and real uh, just too much, I guess. And that, mm-hmm. that's kind of the problem with bass bass distortion and bass overdrive. I think is that it's it's hard to get enough without it being too much, and um, it's kind of like what I was talking about with the P basses. I I, I str- I've always you know anytime I've tried to put effects or make a P bass sound like I want it to. I just can't do it. It's just, it's, it's yeah. too much, too much bass for me. Well, uh, and is that a reason why you play, uh, you pick with a pick instead of using your fingers? And uh, I'm sure maybe other projects or things you might fool around playing with the fingers for different tones, but a lot of times I've seen you, you play with a pick. Yeah, I exclusively play with a pick. I never learned to play with my fingers. Um, you know, once, once a year, a couple times a year, oh, I'm going to try to play with my fingers and I don't know. I just don't have the, you know, it's a totally different skill set and it's, it would, you know, be easier for me to jump into as somebody who's played bass otherwise for a long time, but it's, it, it's a totally different thing. Um, and especially with effects, I don't, I don't know, different people can, it's just not my thing, I guess, ultimately. Um, Mm -hmm. I have been playing, I'll show you this guy. This is a concert mate, uh, MG one made by, uh, realistic, uh, which was the Radio Shack company that made electronics. Um, and this thing's great. It's got a lot of. Um, I use it on a few songs on. Uh, there are a couple songs on Command Your Weather. And uh, not some. I used it a little bit for texture stuff on our last record, um, but it'll probably be featured pretty prominently in the, in the next record. This is what I've been sitting around. This is what I've been doing for the last six months, basically. Um, so I've been learning <laughs> to play with my that. fingers on this. I've been trying to, I've been trying to get better at this. This one's in a state of disrepair, or, and the other one is being repaired. Or I would play it for you. But um, this thing's awesome. I ha- I've had this thing since I was, I don't know, like 18. I bought it at a pawn shop for like 80 bucks, and it's an incredible keyboard. It's polyphonic, which is something you don't find very often um, in. Mm-hmm older synths, uh, especially Moogs or Moogs. Um, yeah. And this guy's really cool. Like the, fi- the, the filter on this thing lends, it makes a really gnarly dinosaur sound, I guess. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> and, and I run it through, I just run it through the same effects that I run everything else through. That I run my bass through. Um, so yeah, it sounds similar, but being a synth, it has a much bigger, uh, fatter tone. And uh, yeah, I've been trying to get my ebony's and ivories in order lately. Be some of that. So. Man, that I, I, that's just a huge sound to pair that with your already massive bass setup. So that that's uh, you're moving a lot of noise. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a really cool, um, it's a really cool synthesizer, and I've used. I have other synthesizers, and that's the one I always come back to. One, because it's polyphonic, and uh, two, because I just think it has a really cool sound, like very unique and, and uh, distinct. Yeah. What do you use the dinosaur sound for? You had mentioned that. I should have asked that sooner as a quicker follow-up. What do you use the dinosaur sound for? Uh, I, I, just, I use it on songs. as you would. A lot of times people think, um, or particularly on the last record, I got a lot of comments or people oh the synth stuff sounds great and there's really not any synth stuff on the last record um not any you know 
not anything I would play live, I guess. There's some like texture stuff here and there. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's mostly pedal stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of what songs in particular I used the realistic on. Um, another beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest. I think it's on our second record. Oh, okay. That's all. That's all that guy. Um, let's see. What's the other song? We there's a song on Command Your Weather that's all, that's all the keyboard that we played, and that, I guess that's the only one that's just the it's the lead instrument. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm, I I plan on it being uh, a lot more prominent in the next record, and should we ever get to play live again, it'll be uh, we'll play it live too. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, you know, that it's good news that I heard that you let me know while we're trying to set this up that you and Cody are just about to start practicing again. So that's exciting. Hopefully, yeah, you'll take 2021 by storm because you guys love to tour. Well, there may, yeah, if that's that's if 2020 hasn't already been destroyed by some other storm, yeah, or 2021. <laughs> hasn't been destroyed otherwise yeah Yeah, fingers crossed i i I don't know who knows what will happen i i um it doesn't seem like anything's gonna happen for at least a year it seems like um fortunately cody has been very busy buying recording equipment over the last couple years and has set himself up with a pretty nice um recording studio in here um, and he's gotten pretty good at it. So our plan is just to record our own record um, uh, and just get as much done as we can while we're locked in these walls. <laughs> <laughs> Not allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. Well, Jared, I thank you so much for setting this up and making it all happen and uh, figuring out the technical difficulties and the audio execution, man. This is this is a treat. Yeah, absolutely, man. Likewise, it was a real honor to be asked to do this. I don't know how many other bass players you guys get to do this, so that was uh, it's especially exciting for me to infiltrate the premier guitar world with my <laughs> bass. And I, I thank you yeah, for the opportunity. Yeah, we try to, but it's funny how often... A lot of bass players will be, well, no one wants to see my rig because I only have a bass and one pedal. So you're a perfect candidate sure. for all those pedal players, you know, people that love pedals and you just have a good stack of gear. You remind me in your setup a lot uh, like Lou from Dinosaur Jr., just walls and amps Oh, yeah, and sure. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate those guys, uh, their aesthetic in that regard, of course. I, I'm a big fan of anybody who piles more on top of more. Um, for the sake of more. It's the American way. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, us two Americans are going to sign off. Thank you again, right, Jared, for your time. All right, everyone stay safe out there. Stay Thank safe. You guys again. Peace out.